Hello and welcome everyone to this episode of Witches on the Couch. I am one of your hosts. My name is Nikki and as per the usual, I am a witch. Hi, I'm the other host. My name is Jade and I'm also a witch. So I'm sure listeners will have noticed in our random posting slash our regular lives, because we're all kind of caught up with one another at this point. We're no longer posting like Thanksgiving episodes in January. Uh, We kind of took a few weeks off. Life got away from us. So we haven't recorded in like three weeks, I want to say. Four weeks. Okay, it's been a month. It's been a month. Um, so I'm like thrilled and kind of giddy. I'm not gonna lie. Like I pressed record and I was like, oh my God, it's happening. Um, I might be a little weird for this episode, but hopefully in a good way, like a fun way. Yeah. Jade's on new meds. So, uh, I might actually be calmer in this episode. (laughs) Who knows? But so hopefully you'll like balance me out a little bit. We'll we'll see. We'll see. Oh my goodness. All right. Well, for those of you who do not know, we have been watching The Secret Circle, the CW hit show from like over a decade ago. And by hit show, I mean, it it ran a season. (laughs) But we're here. We're watching it. We're having a good time. It's been a real treat after the last season of Motherland Fort Salem, which kind of became a podcast of how we hated ourselves slash the show yeah nails on a chalkboard is what that turned into it really it it really became painful and I feel like we took it very deeply because that's the first show we ever did on this podcast that like launched this podcast we were like motherland fort salem it'll be so much fun and then season two rolled around you know the hype was there we're like oh getting back to our roots and then we were like we hate our roots (laughs) (laughs) this is how it 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 was such a mess so secret circle's been a treat (laughs) it really has yeah so we're continuing episode five slither is the title it's a good title i we made fun of the last title for the Heathers movie. And then this title, I actually really appreciated. I was like, all right, I see you, CW. Good job. Oh, uh, yeah. I wasn't super into this episode at first, but boy, did it catch me by the end. I have, I liked this episode. So like, I guess, spoilers for my usual ending comments. I liked this episode. I do think it could have been better, but I still had like fun. I think it was more fun than Heather. Oh, I agree. I agree. Which we were not that fond of. Like it was, Heather was fine, but it was not our favorite. So. True. So let's launch into this. Uh, So it all starts with Melissa waking up in Nick's bed. You know, that's where we last left. Left the previous episode. They were in bed together fooling around and remember that that demon snake slithered all up into melissa's head i was very excited by that because as people might realize from the last episode i don't like melissa rude accurate fair uh (laughs) so (laughs) melissa wakes up in nick's bed uh, apparently has a pounding headache Nick's trying to actually be all sweet 
she pushes him to the ground rolls over buries her face in the pillows and then we see the snake slither down her shoulder down her back under the covers and then unlike i believe it was the last episode where we had like a bunch of stuff happen and then the intro went we're back to our usual um little quick scene and now here we have our intro which i was i don't know i like that better i do think like this is my first comparison between the two secret circle and witches of east ends both excellent little like intro flashes and then it's like back to the action and i'm like good job guys nailed it i mean motherland definitely had some more action to their intro but I did still like their intro. I will agree with you there. Towards the end of Motherland Fort Salem, um, the intro was what was the highlight of the episodes. Kind of. (laughs) Um, So it cuts over now to Cassie and her grandma, who I believe um, her name is Jane. I call her Gran in all my notes. So if I I say it. I That's call her Gina in all her, my notes too. So she's the grandma. Um, they're talking about Heather. I don't really care for this scene, but um, just basically, grandma's not sure why Heather was in this area. Oh, I thought she was catatonic. Cassie's trying to downplay it all. Yeah, I don't really know either. I was just hanging out with my friends. Oh, I'm glad you made friends so quick. And grandma basically just finds it funny that um, Cassie's friends with the kids of all her mom's friends. Who'd have thunk? Yeah. And then, you know, drops a little, little niggling hint that, oh, you know, your mom's friends and they went through so much tragedy together, which Cassie knows all about, trying not to tell grandma. So she, uh, oh, gotta go to school. Bye. That's like most conversations with the grandma recently, I feel like, is grandma being like, hey, how about we chat? She's like, I'm late for school. And I was like, Cassie, just stay in the scene for two minutes. Like, right. Nope, gotta go to bed. Nope, gotta go to school. Uh, so cut to at school. Melissa is twitchy, weird. Little- I also called her twitchy. I said, Melissa looking hella twitchy. Like... She looks like she's coming off of something. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Um, little cut of Diana warning Cassie not to talk to her grandma about their magic because, well, Diana's Book of Shadow says that the elders may take it away from them, um, just like they did with their parents. And so they come to the conclusion that the elders must mean Cassie's grandma. Cassie's grandma must still have her powers. The elder generation. Yeah. Which is not a bad leap, uh, but it was kind of a weird leap. I was like, okay. That's maybe coming as a charmed girl, where I was like, okay. Yeah, me too. I, I thought it was gonna, I don't know, I just feel like I don't think of I guess I do think of like living relatives, but it just seems like it's much more ethereal when you talk about elders in a magical sense. Yeah, like capital E. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I felt that way too. 
And so I was like, it's not a bad leap. It's a good deduction. But at the same time, I was like, not where my mind would have gone at that age slash this age. So we cut away from uh, the kids who are now all at school to one of our other favorite places, which is the principal's office with Dawn, where Charles is sitting there uh, ready to have a talk with her. Also, fun fact, I constantly have to look up Charles's name at the beginning of every episode. Does not stick with me. Sorry, man. I, I don't know your name. But they're kind of just discussing the dangers that are happening around them, like the dangers that now having a bound circle is drawing to the town slash their children and their worry on that and how they knew that was going to be a possibility, but didn't realize how quickly it was going to basically speed up slash get so bad. And then we learn there's apparently a blood moon that night and they're going to do something with the blood moon uh, that night on Charles' boat at like 10 o'clock and Don should be there. That's kind of, it's a lot of info we just get. It's, we're setting up some info there. Yep. Cut to outside of the office and Don and Charles are just kind of like talking outside the door kind of pan over to Faye, who's like watching, kind of squinty-eyed, like, what the fuck? And then Diana comes over and is like, oh my god, aren't they so cute? And Faye's literally like, what the fuck? And she's like, our parents are dating. Isn't it adorable? And she just walks away after dropping that. I was like, Diana! <laughs> you drop that on someone and just like hop away. <laughs> You do when it's Faye because she just said a bitchy line to you. <laughs> I thought it was like kind of hilarious slash weird. But yeah. We then cut back to Melissa at her locker who's looking for sure like she's coming down off something super addict-y. And she kind of collapses as everyone goes to class and is just kind of in pain on the ground when Nick comes around the corner and finds her. And then very out of nowhere, like the pain goes off her face. She stands up and is like, oh, I'm fine. Sorry, didn't mean to worry you. And she tells Nick that she knows where her book of shadows is that she found a diary of her mother's and it directed her to a position in the forest where her mother buried it. And she needs Nick to go with her to help dig it up. And then they'll just keep the book between them and her. Ooh. Um, this is immediately where I was like, oh, cool. This is how Nick dies. Yeah, I was <laughs> like, oh, and this is how people die. Yeah, exactly. Um, 100% certain. Uh, Nick agrees though because he's like yeah I want the book because everyone's very easily influenced by the book like that's like the easiest lie to get away with at this group is be like I have a book and everyone's like I'll follow you into the fire and I'm like guys let's all calm down it's a good history but it is still just a book right it's it's a real mess um we then like weirdly cut to that night in the forest with Nick, I really thought there'd be like more scenes leading up to this night, but no, it's just like, come to the forest with me tonight and get the book. Okay, cut to in the forest that night, getting the book. And I was like, whoa, <laughs> I felt a little overwhelmed. 
yes I felt the same actually and then I was like oh this is very supernatural because like Nick is down in this hole not finding anything and Melissa's just standing on top not doing anything like holding a flashlight yeah I also 100% thought he was like digging his own grave because it's a giant hole I thought the same and he's like, this hole is huge. I'm not finding anything. I was like, cause it's your grave, you idiot. And then he like finds something though. And I was like, oh, that, never mind. Right. <laughs> Same. Classic horror film. And then no. Yeah, I, I would say this episode, which is what I mean by like, I liked it, but I had thoughts. It's a lot of things I got really excited for. Where I was like, oh my God. And then it was like let down. And I was like, oh, I thought that would be cooler. That's a little rough. Like this is one of those moments where I thought it was going to be like really suspenseful with Nick in the forest. And that then it wasn't because after complaining to Melissa about digging this giant hole that's about the size of a grave, uh, he finds something and it's like this old timey leather bound suitcase and he's like oh I did find it never mind you were telling the truth the whole time gosh darn it I I don't know it was kind of stupid I was like whatever we cut away to Cassie who's having a dinner with her grandma who I think in the opening scene the grandma is like let's have a nice dinner tonight so we can catch up And it's like hella awkward because Cassie's not engaging. And I have been to these dinners. I have been forced to these dinners. Not usually with family. My family is very talkative. But with like friends who just like won't engage in conversation or like friends of friends who you're like, oh, how's like work going? Like, I hear you do this. And they're like, I do. And that's that's the end. (laughs) And Nikki is also a social butterfly. So it's especially challenging for her. Just want to let everybody know. Just talk to me, damn it. Like, it's so easy. It's very entertaining. I like to think I'm entertaining. I'm not going to touch that. How dare you? You do this podcast (laughs) with me. I am entertaining, damn it. (laughs) You are. You are. Thank you. Anywho. Anyways, uh, so like Cassie's just not engaging as her grandma's like, how's school? Like, what are you learning? Cassie's like, school is school. And she's like, how are your friends? And she's like, oh, I think they're okay. And I did like this where her grandma's like, with this conversation, next time we're going to start discussing the weather. (laughs) I was like, eh. (laughs) Really won me points with the grandma. I was like, all right, you can stay really liked that um but basically finally Cassie like kind of laughs at this or like scoffs and wrinkles her nose and her grandma's like oh your mom used to like wrinkle her nose like that at me when I'd say things and this kind of engages Cassie finally uh where they kind of discuss her mom she says how Cassie still reminds her of her mother and Cassie inquires why her mom left the town in the first place And her grandma's like, honestly, I don't know. Your mother liked to keep her secrets and she kept a lot of them from me. And in the end, I think a lot of them caught up with her and it really kills me that she felt she couldn't confide in me because I wonder sometimes what I could have done to help her or stop what was like coming towards her. 
in these horrible ways. And I was like, ooh, grandma, good job. I see you. I liked it. I The grandma killed this episode for me. I was like, all right, new favorite character. That's fine. Yeah, it was sort of a slow burn, I thought, but it, it really did come around quite well. I, I think it worked very well, especially because we haven't seen the grandma in a few episodes, finally, like, kind of getting this episode where it's, like, kind of playing coy, because, you know, with teenagers, sometimes the direct route is not the best route, but making it be like, you know, I'm, like, always here for you when you make the decision, which will be the right one to come to me. Obviously, it's your choice. I'm not, like, baiting you. Uh, I'm here for you. <laughs> And I really liked that. And so she basically says this and then Cassie gets a text, which is like, it's an emergency. Hurry, I'm at the house. And it's from Melissa summoning Cassie to come to the old house. And she's like, sorry, grandma, my friend needs my help. I gotta go. And she gets up and runs out. Then we cut to the old house with Melissa and Nick, where it seems like Melissa's like summoned everyone because we have like the suitcase kind of sitting there and she has her phone and Nick is like, all right, let's open this thing. Let's do this shit. And she's like, stop trying to open my goddamn suitcase. How fucking dare you? It's spell locked. We need people to help us do this. I'm going to like start a spell and then Faye enters and Nick's like, what the fuck? And she's like, what? I called her. She's my best friend. And then basically Faye is convinced to stay, even though she doesn't want to, because Melissa's like, I'll share my book with you too. And then Nick's upset. It's this whole like upset about the book thing, which is really stupid. There's also this like weird moment where it feels like Melissa's coming on to Faye. Did you, did you see Yeah. That? Yeah, okay. It gets a little, like, definitely a lot more intimate. Like, like, she's trying to cut Nick out at this point, and then trying to convince Faye that, like, they are the only two people that matter, and just, like, the, the bubble condenses around them, for sure. It's like Melissa gets like really close to her and is like, you know, like you're the only one like I care about and the only one I'd ever come to in these situations. And it's like, oh, I don't know. Like I've never seen this season. It seems like Faye's into it. I almost wonder if this is like mid 2000s. We want Faye to be gay, but we're scared to let her be gay. Script writing. You know, you know, I don't, I, I don't know, but like, you Maybe. know, back in the time when like the CW was like, we are a family network. We can't have gay characters, which is fucking ridiculous. Um, like, I don't know. I, it, it sent me down this weird trajectory where I kind of like stopped paying attention for a little bit where I was like, oh my God, is fake gay? Is that what we're trying to make? Like, is that why she like doesn't like Nick is that why she's never been into Nick is this like why she's upset that they're like dating does she have a crush on Melissa and then I was like spiraling out and I was like oh shit this episode's going on um 
but yeah i don't know there's a weird flirty moment that i don't know how intentional it was but uh it was there and Faye might be gay and that's kind of cool i think it was just trying to draw them with a closer bond but i don't necessarily think it was a real relationship indicator i would be shocked if it was because like i said it's a cw um they're terrified of gay characters that are not like the gay best friend trope like they they don't want to write that especially back in the day where the show was like produced like that was like not a thing but you know like i i don't know maybe maybe I haven't seen it. I don't know. We have like another like 18 episodes ahead of us. For all I know, this is going to end with them getting together. Still, Faye decides to stay. She's like, fine, I'll help you. And they're going to, all three of them together, start working on the spell to break the lock on the suitcase to get to whatever is inside. Okay, we have the weirdest cut. Just real quickly. Dawn arrives to the boat for the ritual with Charles. She's apparently 15 minutes early and Charles like puts in effort to convince her to have a drink. I think Charles has a thing for her. I think so too. I didn't realize that at this point exactly. I was just like, this is 16 seconds of nonsense. I... I disagree. I kind of liked it only because like I'm not a big Charles Don fan like their weird duo I don't really care about so much but I did like I'm, I'm giving this actor props for once he acted really well where which is why I was like oh poor Charles he has a crush on her because like she comes on the boat and she's like a 15 minutes early let's do this and he's like I was just drinking do you like do you want to drink I opened a bottle I could I could maybe get you a drink. And she's like, no, let's do this. And he's like, oh, okay. It's just like, we have so much time. And I, I opened this nice bottle. So, you know, a drink. And I was like, oh my God, it's so cute. <laughs> like, I don't know why it got me, but it did. Than I am apparently. I, I apparently a sucker for someone putting effort into offering me nice wine. Now you know how to get her, folks. <laughs> um, For all of you who want to get me. Not in, like, the creepy, like, this is how I disappear and become a CNN. Um, no 60 seconds, please. <laughs> Actually, at this point, I'd be a podcast episode. <laughs> all righty. Cuts over. Um, Diana cooked for Adam. It's not good. Uh, she found a recipe on the internet. She just followed it through. It's not good. He tries to be so nice about it, but she recognizes it's not very good. I'm also like, they never say it, and I couldn't deduce it from the images. What the fuck did she try to make? I have no idea. No. <laughs> They're like 16-year-olds. I'm like, at that point, if I had like someone over and I was expected to cook for them in my life, I would have made them like grilled cheese. Like, what did she try to make? I'm just, I was very curious. Yeah, I don't know. Did not notice. Uh, 
there's a few lines, but basically they just have cute reminiscing. Oh, I miss this time together. You know, I kind of wish we didn't have the circle just because things were simpler when it was just you and I, yada, yada, yada. Um, and then they have sex games for dessert. <laughs> so yeah. it's so uncomfortable. It was so uncomfortable. She gets out, uh, Diana gets out like a tray of dessert stuff. There's no bowls or anything like that. And then um, they take turns licking whipped cream off each other. And then Adam carries her off screen. So I don't, I don't know why the whipped cream thing was so uncomfortable because it wasn't even that like explicit or anything. It was like very playful. I was so uncomfortable. Like, I was like, I don't know why this is making me cringe so hard. But I I don't want to watch this. Same. And I was like, I don't know, because they always try to portray them as older. But oh, yeah, I think Adam it was bartends just, in his spare time. Well, family business, but I can let that slide. But I just, I don't know, I... I don't think of them necessarily as younger, but maybe in this instance, that's what I was thinking. But I, I found it incredibly awkward too, even though, yeah, like she puts it on his neck and slurps it up. And then he puts a little kind of on her chest. And yeah, it's like her collarbone slash like top of boob. Like it's- It's fine. It's very innocent. And I was so uncomfortable. And I kind of wondered if I reached the point just so everyone knows, I'm not 30 yet, but I'm like two years from being 30. If I was like, oh my God, I'm an adult. Or I was like, children, stop. That was not the thought running through my head, but I was also very uncomfortable. Anywho, cuts over. Cassie now arrives to the old house in the woods. Faye and Nick are like, uh, really? Another person? Melissa admits she thinks basically all six need to be there to open the case. To do that spell, Nick tells Cassie it holds um, Melissa's Book of Shadows. Cassie reaches to open the case and Melissa freaks out. Doesn't sound like herself anymore. Sounds sort of like a man. I will say this is the episode where I did realize the actress who plays Melissa is a very talented actress. She was just given a crap character. Yes. Uh, This also had one of my favorite lines where I was like chuckling for a while because everyone's like really intrigued by the suitcase. And then she like keeps trying to turn around to work on the spell. And they all keep like coming up to it. And she's like, why is everyone trying to open my suitcase? And I was just like, okay, girl, calm down. But that was hilarious. Like, like I don't know why it made me laugh so hard. It was just like her pure aggravation at people wanting to open a bag made me laugh so hard. That was amazing. Thank you. Glad that got you. There Uh were weird bits in this episode that really got me, where I was like, all right, the humor's there. This actress is talented. I see what's going on. Yeah, so Melissa didn't sound like herself. They kind of just ignore it. Um, 
Cassie's like, oh, well, I can call Adam or Diana. And most of the thing that's great. They're not responding to my text since, yeah, we need all six for the spell. Uh, the case starts moving on its own. Melissa's like, no, it's not moving. Moves again. <laughs> again, Melissa, in for the jokes. I was like, all right, this is good. I like you. Um, because they're like, the case just moved. And she just turns the deadpan and says, suitcases don't move. And then turns back away from them. And I was like, that's funny. Yes, that part actually was. <laughs> that was good. To move several times, then finally Melissa's actually still turned to them while it moves, and she's acting weird again. Comes forward, stops right in front of her friends after getting mad at them. And the snake slithers across her forehead. So now they know. Oh, snap. And then it cuts away to Diana and Adam. Um... Um, and they're sex games. We're just going to put it like that. They're it, not fully naked yet, but they're rolling around in their lingerie on the bed. The whipped cream is no longer there. And that somehow made me feel better. Like, I don't know why. I was like, okay, this is just like them fooling around now. And also, like, Adam still has his pants on and she's like in her bra. So I was like, all right, I feel safe here. I don't know why. There's no like dessert items around. I don't need to be in on your kinks. Um, yeah, somehow less awkward. Yeah, I don't know why it was, but it's really, once we removed food items, I felt much, much safer in the scene. Well, they stopped to uh, answer a phone call because Diana's phone just keeps going off and it's Cassie asking for help. Putting out her own SOS. All right, so we cut back to the old house where uh our trio minus melissa are all kind of on the other side of a wall that's been super gutted because they're in this abandoned house and they're like all right that's definitely a demon that's in melissa we've all come together we all know what's going on here at this point and they all realize how that this is a problem and they're like what do you think is in the case what are we gonna do they're like okay we can just take care of it and cassie's like we are nowhere near powerful enough to take care of a demon i have no idea how to take care of a demon we just have to like deal with the situation as it comes so they come back around the wall all like all right take care of demon party go us and diana and adam come running in being like we got your sos just as nick like pulls up a brick and just clobbers melissa at the back of her head and she goes down oh i just thought it was a huge ass book i thought it was a brick i have no idea what it was i think it was a book because a brick i think would do real damage book like we get away at the movie trope of down for a few melissa goes down hard like she is just out for the cow. And I do like, this is again, a funny moment. They had a lot of good funny moments here. Cause like Diana and Adam have just run on scene and watched Nick just take out Melissa with like the full support of Faye and Cassie, who then as they all look at each other over the like unconscious body of Melissa, Faye's like, it's not what you think. It's not remotely what you could think. And I was like, that's, that's good. This is funny. 
you guys have a lot of good jokes in here around Melissa. This is possibly like the episode that's made me laugh the hardest thus far. I really liked it. I don't know. I was having a good time at this point. This is the point of the episode where I started having a really good time. So they tie up Melissa, just kind of like put her on the couch and all kind of catch each other up on what's going on. Figure out, try to figure out what to do. As Melissa wakes up, Melissa tries to play it off where she's like, where am I? I don't know. Nick, help. My hands hurt. I can't feel my fingers. And everyone's like, Nick, don't be an idiot. And then Nick like kind of starts being an idiot. And then is like, actually you're not Melissa I'm not gonna be a stupid and like backs away and Melissa goes like fucking nuts and just starts lashing and like rolling around the couch like screaming in like a voice which was very terrifying and again Melissa great actress I'm so sorry she is saddled with this shit character but as she's like just freaking out on the couch everyone's like what the fuck do we do and finally, Cassie goes, I think I have a solution, but you all have to trust me. And she runs off screen. <laughs> As Cassie is prone to do. <laughs> we then cut away from this to Don and Charles, who are still on the boat, having had their wine. And they have the crystal, which they've been using so far all season, five episodes between them, and a circle of candles. And apparently there are six pieces of this like original crystal all together. And on the blood moon, if they do this ritual correctly, this crystal will call out to those five other pieces and then mark on the map, which they have laid out under the crystal, where they are. And they want this to work because if they have all six pieces of the crystal, and they recombine them, apparently it will restore their powers. There is a lot of just info dump that goes on in this like 40 second scene. Hence why I'm laying it all out for everyone right now. <laughs> so they light the candles, they start chanting over the crystal in the light of the blood moon as the crystal will apparently draw in the energy of the blood moon. Yeah. Uh I tried to translate the spell that they're chanting because it's kind of weird and I could only translate like it's four words I could only translate the first two just fun fact for y'all they come up as Hindi for a uh, tree base and then like the fourth word sort of sounded like Jewish to me but Google didn't want to translate so IDK man but fun fact for you. Tree base something something. I did not try to translate it. I assumed you would. Um, I didn't recognize it as Hebrew, but I'm very bad at Hebrew, so there is a strong chance it is Hebrew. Uh, one thing I did recognize is the blood moon. I think I looked it up super quick. It's not like a month moon. It's like an eclipse, isn't it? Okay. She's nodding in agreement. Um, because there's this thing on lunar calendars where like every month is given a full moon title, I suppose. So like September, I think is the harvest moon. October is the hunter's moon. Like it's, it's like those kind of things. 
Um, so I wasn't sure if the blood moon was like a fall moon and I wanted to get a weird date for this show because that's who I am. And I looked it up and I was like, oh, I think this is actually just a lunar eclipse. Because I think, yeah, it's the sun reflecting off the moon. That's why it turns red, correct? Well, I mean, that's what happens normally. You know what I mean. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I'm Googling it to double check because I'm like questioning everything. Okay, well, you look into it. I'll finish the scene. So they start chanting over it. They have the crystal between them. And I believe it's three or four lit candles. But I did recognize that it's not an elemental circle. They're all white candles. And it seems like a lunar circle. And then as they stop the chanting, finish the ritual, Dawn realizes the spell didn't work. There's no marks on the maps. And she comes to the conclusion. She picks up the crystal, holds it. The crystal's dead. They've used it too many times. So it doesn't have the power to call out and mark to the other crystals as it's. She gets really frustrated and is like, this is what we get for, you know, being who we are and using this crystal too many times. Now we can't find the other five and we'll never get our powers back. Charles, again, this is where I realized Charles has a major crush on Dawn, is like, super reassuring he's like no like sit back down we'll figure this out we can try something new like we can come up with a new plan and she's just in a mood and is like no it's all over this is what happens when we try gets upset and like walks off the boat because without the five other crystals they can't restore their powers and that is just the worst thing do you have any other blood moon fun facts uh, yeah, so it's when the Earth is between the sun and the moon. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. And it's the sun sort of going around the Earth because the red is the longest wavelength. So that's that's why I meant where it's like reflecting. Like I wasn't yeah. trying to be stupid. I was like, no, it's like it's that one light length reflecting. I used curvature. To yeah, I I never took a physics class. Fun fact about me: real tangent, real quick. I never took a physics class in all my years of trying to become a scientist, but the one part of physics I did like, which I took in a lot of general science classes, was photons and light. I thought that was really cool, Um, but I did not want to take full physics classes for like one section on light, so I never did, but that's why I was like, I think it's like a light reflection thing, and then I sounded super stupid, so (laughs) here we are lovely yep that's also why uh stop signs are red fun fact it's like one of the easiest light lengths to see from far away yeah yeah uh yellow and red are the most noticeable colors and there's a lot more psychology there's a ton of psychology yes thank you around colors yeah um because you know like blue is supposed to be calming which i respect but i hate the color blue and it's only and I know it's like your favorite color and so I feel bad but it's only because it's always been all my friends's favorite color so I'm like no it has its due it has its fan group I will not yeah, be a part fair. of you <laughs> also it's like I always call it psych ward blue because like there's a very specific shade of blue that like hospitals and stuff always use because mm-hmm. it's like the most calming shade what no, I've had my appendix out. I know what that color is. I wore that color. 
I was gonna say my uh, my hospital socks. No, wait, those are gray. So never mind. Oh, really? Mine are green. How interesting. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. mine are gray. Yeah. How how strange. Um. Yeah, I know your favorite color is blue. I respect the color blue. It's just not my thing. Which is also oh, this tangent's going out of control. I don't care. Um, I was talking to my mom, who's also an Aries, as anyone who's listened to the show for a long term would realize, uh, Jade, our lovely co-host, is an Aries, and one thing I found amongst all Aries is that you like bold colors. Like, it's not even just, like, that it's blue. It should be blue, damn it. Like, I've never met an Aries who was like, oh, you know, a pastel pink. Like, be red or go home. Yeah, man goes with our bold personalities it's very true uh, um although i am a huge fan of pastels it's either it has to be mostly those bold col- colors with a bit of pastel thrown in i, I always like my spectrums of colors but i i could see that i would say though most of the stuff you own and most of the things i've seen that you're drawn to are like jewel tones like the deep bright things my- my toenails are electric Barbie pink at the moment. So. <laughs> Bright colors, man. I was I was just talking to my mom because I think I asked her what her favorite color was because her birthday is coming up. And it had nothing to do with her birthday. I already got her a present. I was just kind of trying to throw her off my scent. Um, but she was like, oh, I like, you know, like a nice bold red or like bold blue. And I was like, yeah, you're Jade jade's the same like i asked her what my favorite colors is and it's like jewel tones red blue and purple and i asked my other aries friends i have two others i have two many aries friends what their favorite colors are one of them said bright red and the other said orange yeah you guys have met your stereotype good job proud of us very proud of you um None of this had anything to do with this scene, but there's just some fun info on colors and Aries. They're great. Hell yeah. Make more Aries friends is the point of this conversation and buy the brightly colored things. They will love you. So cuts over to Cassie went to her grandma's house. Admit she's a witch. She knows everything. Grandma, I need your help. Yeah, Grandma. Right, yeah. I like that. I was glad she went there. Cut so back over to the old house. Melissa's still twitching. She starts hissing. And like, so Nick had backed away from Melissa when he couldn't like bear to see her all tied up. So it's... um. Diana Faye and Adam are looking at Melissa on the couch, still tied up as she's now hissing and it cuts to them like intently looking at her. And then suddenly Melissa is free and behind them. And I was like, how, why, what? I had, I had the same question. I literally wrote hissing and now she's free. Literally. Yeah. Split second. There's like no reaction besides, (gasps) And I I don't know what happened, but apparently powerful or something. Anywho, so Melissa's free. Uh, She pins Nick to, because Nick's like now back in scene, pins Nick to a wall, 
grabs some scissors, puts it to his throat. Um, Nick tries to convince Melissa, like, hey, I know you're in there. Fight this. Show yourself. You can do it. <laughs> okay, okay. This is this is what I mean, where I said at the beginning of the episode I had mixed feelings. This is where the fun kind of ends. It's not fun jokey times anymore with Melissa. It's now supposed to be like very deep, like Nick is like, I I know who you are. I've I've seen you. And I was like, bitch, no, you haven't. We have spent episodes with the fact that like you don't really care about Melissa. And now like that's convenient. You guys are acting like your soulmates. Like it was very weird. And every scene where he was like, Melissa, I know who you really are. I was like, no, you don't. Why are you the one doing this? This would make way more sense if it was Faye who was like the one constantly in trouble. Like they've been best friends for years. But having Nick do it just felt weird. It kind of did, but, and it is new this episode. It did start out literally at the very beginning. Yeah. Um, I guess a little bit the last episode. Mm. He's a lot more touchy-feely. He's trying. Yeah. I think they're showing it in a motherland for Salem sort of way <laughs> where like it's trying to happen and they're trying to make something happen by the end of the episode but they don't really do it right it's not it wasn't looking good I would much rather it have been Faye and would have been like I've known you since you were five like you're this is you're not capable of this. like it would have been way more hit home because we know they're close we know there's a history there we've seen how much they care about one another but all we've seen from Nick and Melissa has been this like fallen-esque relationship where it's like do you guys even like each other like this seems very toxic um so like having him be like I know you're in there I was like just step off I I don't know this is when I started kind of leaving my liking of this but I did like that there was the threat of Nick dying I kind of want her to kill Nick well, she then starts cutting his throat. I know. So. I got real. I was like, uh-huh. do it. <laughs> yeah. Starts to cut him. Uh, Faye turns to Adam, Diana. Focus on the shears. Um, she starts saying a spell. They start to say it with her. The shears start to heat. But Melissa knocks Nick to the ground and disrupts the spell and he's pinned and Melissa's pissed. Don't do any more magic except Faye, sprinkle, you know, that mix I made earlier, sprinkle it around the suitcase and you guys better say this spell with me. Uh, this spell, translate, it's Latin. Uh, basically the evil serpent is beginning Um, case starts to open and right as that happens Cassie and Grandma show up Grandma immediately spells the case closed again Uh, her spell apparently is Greek for basically lock clot And then grandma makes the scissors fly away out of Mel's hands. 
Um, Grandma actually has one of those power crystals that Don and Charles were looking for. With it, it sort of repels Melissa back. A bunch happens, but basically Grandma tells the kids what to do uh, in order to release Melissa. They, um, you know, they got to break the circle around the suitcase, light some candles in a specific way, do the sage. Sorry, that, yes, I saw the finger and then. Oh, that's all I could take note of as well. I was about to say, I took note of what I could for this, but she didn't give us too much to work off of. It was just like, take three candles, put them around the suitcase. They're all again, white candles. So I didn't have much to go off of on that. And she was like, burn the sage in the candles and leave it around the suitcase. And then she brought some form of like a wand wood piece that she wanted to light, but she didn't say what type of wood it was. So I couldn't go much more into that either. I want to say for my own argument's sake, it's probably cedar, but that's, that's a guess. That's a shot in the dark. Yep. Um, so yeah, start to do the, the spell to have Melissa released from this host. She starts to freak out. Melissa does. Well, oh, she's not possessed. Turns out it already jumped ship. Found a new host. Grandma takes the crystal and goes to everyone and oh, Nick's the one that freaks out about it. This was, okay, this is the point where I actually got the most disappointed of the episode because in my notes, I specifically wrote, we start exercising and it's apparently not Melissa, dot, 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 it's secret werewolf time. And I got really excited and then I realized what I actually wanted from this episode was just this. Like, I didn't want all this like shit, like, Melissa, I know you're in there. Like, I didn't give a shit about Melissa and Nick's relationship. I didn't give a shit about, like, if Adam and freaking Diana were going to have sex off scene. Like, fuck them. I wanted them all stuck in an abandoned house where it was like, who the hell is possessed by a demon? I wanted a full episode of that intrigue. And I was denied it. (laughs) And I was very upset. I know that was yes. so much fun though. Like the grandma would be like the only one protected. Cause let's say like, let's, let's pretend I could write this episode. Let's say like the grandma like has the crystal. So she like can't be possessed, but like all the kids can. And it's not like the crystal can like scan and see who's possessed. Like, it's just like, they have to like figure out who might be possessed among them for like half an hour that would be so much fun i would have had such a good time and it would have been like fun like bonding between them where we could have gotten to know them better i i'm sad it didn't happen and i wanted secret werewolf i wanted to know who the imposter was yeah i like this scene because it was cheesy but um i'm glad they didn't take much longer because i didn't think it would be sustainable as because they did immediately like turn on each other like oh is it you is it you and then adam and faye specifically immediately turned on each other like faye was like i think it's adam and i was like what the fuck it's you and i was like you guys just don't like each other like back off but that's what i mean where i was like i wish the rest of the episode you know we're like we're halfway through almost slash done with this episode at this point 
I wish this could have been like a whole episode devoted to that. Like I wish it'd been like 10 minute lead up to this house with the demon. Bring in the grandma and then it's like Among Us slash Secret Werewolf slash, I don't know, I think it's Secret Hitler is the other game. Um, you know, like the imposter games. Cause I think that could have been really fun and we could have gotten to know the characters better cause it would have been them like questioning each other to try to like deduce each other's personalities and how they talk and their quirks and stuff. I think it could have been fun and a fun way to get to know such a large cast. Um, slash we got more of the grandma who I fucking love, but that's not what happened. We're almost done with this episode, but if I had power, that's what I would have done. Alrighty. Good to know. So yeah, Nick's repelled by the crystal. He starts to move freak out. Uh, the case opens again. Snakes start to come out. And I think Adam and Cassie, uh, two people, grab a trunk, put it on top real quickly. And Nick ditches. Makes a run for it. That boy does. It did take me a moment to realize that, like, the case had reopened. Like, because it was just, like, panic and, like, very, like, harsh scene cuts. So it was, like, case reopens, cut to Cassie and Adam cut to Nick, cut to something on top of the case, cut to wide frame. And I was like, I don't, who, who I'm tired. Um, but I did write question mark. Did the case just reopen? I think it did. Oh yeah. Nick made a run for it. So, uh, thanks for clarifying that for me. I was a little concerned. So after reclosing the case, uh, our wonderful grandma says that the case is actually full of demons who are in the form of snakes slash why we wanted it open and that there are two ways to kill demons. You can drown them or you can burn them. So she asks for lighter fluid. This is also a fun fact how my mom kills black widow spiders. Valid. Yep. Uh, we have lit many a black widow slash black widow nest on fire in my life. So they had some lighter fluid. They moved the case into like this abandoned like clawfoot bathtub they have in this abandoned house. Uh, grandma just douses it, lights the case on fire. The case starts opening, like snakes start spreading out on fire. Um, Adam goes a little crazy, even though they're like, Adam, don't be an idiot. And he's like, I'm gonna take a bat to them. And they're like, no, Adam. So he starts like whacking it and everyone's like, Adam, step away. And then, and pulling him away, like Cassie gets really close and a snake lunges for her. But then the grandma pulls them away. Adam's just an idiot for like 20 seconds. It's really dumb. Yep. Uh, but they do successfully light the entire case on fire. All the snakes catch on fire and we kind of like dissolve that situation. It's also kind of fun. I'm a pyro. I enjoyed it. I was like, ooh, that looks fun. Same. Didn't yeah. appreciate that it was snakes, but you know. Yeah, you like them. Some, you lose some. We all like them. Um, cut to Nick, who's like running through the wood and woods in obvious pain. He then collapses to the ground, does the same thing Melissa does, where he kind of like screams for a little bit and then like seems fine as he stands up fully possessed uh and keeps walking cut back to the, like the old house where they're talking about how they have to find nick before he hurts someone and then on convenience nick calls adam 
why he calls Adam in particular, I don't know. I think they have spoken five sentences to one another in this entire show. It's so the threat he makes actually has some weight to it. That's fair. Okay, so Nick calls Adam and is he's apparently at the boathouse and he threatens that he's going to burn it down unless they bring him the suitcase. And he's like, your dad is probably blackout drunk in the back room, so I'll murder your dad. Uh, this obviously gets Adam very upset. He's like, okay, Nick's at the boathouse. We have to go like figure this out. We have to go get him. We cut to Don who's at the bar of the boathouse drinking, uh, as you do. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Uh, in between that scene I had talked about where, uh, you know, grandma's in trying to help depossess Melissa, there was like a two second that showed Don arriving at the boathouse. I'll have a glass of wine. No, wait, I'll have bourbon. And it was stupid and I didn't like the placement. So I left it out. I, about it, so sorry. There you I go. did the same, which is why I was like, I don't know. I'll say she's here now. It means nothing. Uh, <laughs> so Dawn's at the boathouse. She's drinking her bourbon when Nick approaches and actually calls her Dawn. She gets upset and is like, that's principal to you. And then he's like, how about you just call me by the name that you summoned me not by, which is Abaddon uh abaddon abaddon my bad. abaddon is how don says it uh, okay bad then which I, I thought was very awkward and weird because it's spelled like abaddon yeah and that's how i do want to say it but apparently abaddon abaddon okay because i also didn't i couldn't really hear it the first time because he says it very fast he's i'm a fast talker and so is nick um, so I put on the subtitles and then I just read it and wrote it off the scene. So I thought it was Abaddon, but it's apparently Abaddon. Um, so apparently Dawn, once upon a time, probably with her circle, summoned this demon in specific by name, since she seems to recognize the name and he recognizes her. And he's basically like, look, uh, you summoned me and I want a new host because this host is, uh, people are looking for him. So how about you host me since you summoned me and then all is good and I won't have to like murder everyone here. And so she agrees, but is like, let's do this at the dry docks because no one's there. We don't have to make a scene and we can just like get this over with. But she says this all after doing a quick speed dial on her phone and keeping her cell phone on speaker, which is clever because this is an ancient demon and doesn't really understand how cell phones work. So we get like a quick cut to Charles, who's on his boat, who is hearing all this, who then like jumps off his boat and we assume runs to deal with this. As you do in these clever little scenes. We cut to Don and Nick who are like walking in the middle of nowhere, the dry docks, I'm assuming. I've never seen the scene before. I don't know too much about dry docks, but they're far away from the boathouse at this point. And they're just kind of chatting. 
chatting it up, saying how they're going to do this. When Charles comes out of fucking nowhere and just decks Nick and he's out. I love this. Let me tell you, if you're possessed by a demon, you're a one hit out kind of person at that point. Like the solution is just to deck you. Uh, so yeah, Charles just fucking knocks Nick out. They're trying to figure out what to do. Cause like Don catches Charles up and is like, we summon this demon. We don't know what to do. This is our best solution. We've knocked him out. Let's try drowning Nick, which will kill the demon. And if we're lucky, we can revive Nick and save everyone. So that's the plan. And as they start dragging Nick off, we see that the circle, uh, minus like Faye and Melissa, has shown up to the boathouse, obviously looking for Nick looking around and are now on the hunt uh including the grandmother by the way cut to charles who is now at the ocean dragging nick in with fucking dawn just standing there most of the scene was dawn what the fuck are you doing because charles does all the work so Charles drags Nick into the water. Nick wakes up, starts pleading, says he doesn't know what's going on. Don is basically like, he's still possessed. We have to drown him. And Charles does as told and starts to forcibly drown Nick, who is putting up a fight. Again, Don does nothing to help. She stands there, like, three yards away, being like, Charles, drown him. Don, I feel like you should assist you know right yeah and then thankfully i mean because you you just sort of see charles hesitate a second because nick seems fine and then he does it and then nick starts to actually sound and act possessed as he's putting up a fight so then like it's fine but really yeah done come on it's also like you know like charles is like a grown-ass man he's he's a strong grown-ass like male adult um, but Nick is also like a larger, almost adult male. Two against one would be very useful in this situation. Like, I don't understand why it was like Don just was like, I'll just stand here. These are like these trousers are silk. Like, no, like fucking get in that water. Like, fucking help out. Um, this was your idea. Like, carry your weight. But she doesn't, and that just kind of upset me. But yeah, Nick starts acting possessed again, starts screaming, lashes out at like Charles in the demonic way. Charles puts up a fight. And after this back and forth a little bit, Charles successfully drowns Nick. And he goes still. They drag Nick out of the ocean. And like Charles gets in position to like start CPR like you can see that he's like about to start it and then they hear Cassie and her grandmother start approaching and we cut to a shock scene of Cassie cut back to Nick who is now lying alone on the shore as Don and Charles have bounced wow yeah what a scene 
it was it was a good scene i was i actually really did like the scene i was quite impressed by how much i liked it i was like oh oh that was good that was impactful like so it cuts then over to uh faye and melissa had stayed back at the old house Faye's checking on melissa Everything throughout the day is just kind of blurred to Melissa. She's not really sure what had happened. Faye gets a call. It's fine for a while, and then it's suddenly upset, and then it cuts away. Um, cuts away then to Charles and Don are in a car, obviously just digesting the fact that they just killed a boy. Don makes it very clear, no, we killed a demon, and Charles just can't get over he's very upset that no i just killed a boy i killed a child don's very glad that he saved her life though like she's suddenly very impressed with him again he's not a complete idiot i had mixed feelings about this because i did i did like this scene i think it was good i liked how we had kind of the falling out of their actions but episode one how we are introduced to charles is him murdering cassie's mom so I was like, come on, dude, this isn't your first kill. Like, no, but those were adults. He's fine true. with that. Exactly. He has history of those people. This is a boy. So, um, yeah, Don's glad he saved your life. Cuts over to Abbas putting up chairs at the boathouse. Uh, no, sorry. Sorry? cuts over to at the boathouse adam and diana are also digesting they're sitting at a table reveal that the police say nick's death was an accident you know he was sort of a troubled child he hit his head and then accidentally drowned yeah i it's kind of implied because of nick's history and background he's always kind of been a troublemaker so he was probably like intoxicated or something and then accidentally like fell in the water hit his head and died yep and that's a clean story that the police are happy to have so no one's probably going to question it yeah so they yeah they make it sound like they don't realize don and charles were there because only cassie and her grandma were at the scene so it seems like adam and diana do think that nick did do it to himself to try and escape the demon yeah they they wonder if like nick knew and tried to like kill himself to save everyone which is noble you know yeah definitely puts them in a way better light um, cuts over to Cassie Asari. She didn't tell her grandma about the circle earlier. Grandma says it's okay, but yeah, no more secrets between us. Cassie's like, okay, well, no more secrets. Then what happened that night of the fire with my mom? What grandma really does not know. Um you know, admits basically magic can be dangerous. That's why Cassie's mom tried to keep it from Cassie, uh, just as her grandma Jane tried to keep it from Amelia. Um, 
ends that scene ends with grandma promises i'm not gonna let anything happen to you cassie bottom line oh i did forget because i feel like this is gonna come up later so i feel like we should talk about it and the diana and adam like we can't believe what happened moment of like how nick died diana has this moment where she's like adam if i lost you i don't think i could take it i don't think i could handle it so promise me that you'll never leave me and he's like i promise and i feel like that's gonna come up later so i was like i need that on script we noted it that's gonna fuck her over yes actually good point i am sorry i skipped over that detail any other show i'd be like it's unimportant but we know what's coming down the yeah, line. we already know cassie and adam are supposed to be fated together so drama yeah for sure uh it cuts over to charles is sort of spacey on but he's back on his boat i think he drinks some more still processing the situation <coughs> dawn is staring at her reflection in her house i think um she's also just sort of spacey and digesting the situation it's kind of just like a montage of everyone being like shaken and sad yes um diana and adam are closing up the boathouse they stop and hug each other to process melissa and faye hug at the old house and then i thought it was gonna end and it doesn't um it cuts over to cassie goes into her room and she starts crying when she's looking at nick's window i liked that though that that's how we met nick yep i thought there was going to be a lot more but then they they rounded it out and it was it was a nice end of the episode i agree i i was actually very shocked we killed nick me too because i thought like like they pull him out of the water they check his pulse and then i thought they were gonna start like cpr but nope yep nope i i had the theory that either nick and melissa were both on the chopping block or neither of them were you know i was like we're either gonna kill them both or they're both gonna live like i i put them as a unit kill live situation which is why actually when melissa had the scissors to nick i thought the, he was the most at risk i was like oh this is how it's gonna go down like she's gonna kill him and then she's gonna like kind of snap out of her possession as we saw heather doing after she like takes a life but then she's gonna like take her own life or something because she can't escape the demon and that's how we're gonna like fix this um I did not expect Nick to be trapped. And then Melissa to survive. That was totally out of left field for me. I was like, there's no way like Nick's actually dead. And then we like start like montaging through everyone's reactions. I was like, oh fuck. Yeah. Yep. I thought the same. Yeah, I I think it was well done as far as murders go in like shows like this and stuff. Um, I did like the idea that it seemed like Charles and Diana had a plan to somewhat try to revive Nick, like do CPR because it does like, you know, they check a pulse, they like check for breathing. 
it does look like that's their next step, but because the circle showed up, they were unable to save him. Which is like the first time Cassie's kind of been a villain though. Like, you know, usually we're like waiting for Cassie and the grandma to show up. We're like, come here and save the day. This is one of those times where I was like, if they hadn't shown up, there's a chance Nick could have lived. Like not high, but maybe. Maybe. Oh no. So that was interesting. There was a lot in this episode I really liked. Like, I thought this was a very good episode. Um, don't take this the wrong way as everyone who's watched the show up to this point. You all know Nick and Melissa are not my favorite characters. So I'm not like super sad to see one of them go because this cast is too large as it is. Like, we gotta, we gotta whittle it down. But I am kind of sad how Nick went. I I was kind of impacted by it. I was like, damn it. I kind of hoped it was Melissa. I mean, I didn't hope anybody, but yeah, still surprised it happened. I like this episode overall. I mean, yeah, it took me 20 minutes to really like it, which I guess is almost halfway through, but I don't know. The beginning felt very slow to me, and then I got way too into it as, like, I adored. It kind of went to the typical CW cheesiness. So I got into that. Plus the magic. Yeah, I would say once we, like, committed to, like, Night Has Fallen and we have the case, is where, like, the show, like, picked up for me. That's why I started, like, laughing at Melissa's possession. That's where, like, I really did think, like, Nick and Melissa were just gonna kind of die by each other's hands um which I think would have been better I kind of wish that's how they died because we really like built into how like I don't know unhealthy they were for each other like it seemed like for these few episodes we knew them as a couple it was always like oh you're like not good for one another so I think it kind of would have been a little more interesting if they'd been like each other's death but I still liked how we wrapped it up. Like, I, I'm a little sad Nick's dead, but they handled it well. It was well portrayed. We have stakes now. It's like, no one's safe. Like, I, I like we've established some stakes in this show. They don't have what seems to be plot armor, which is nice. So let's uh, deep dive into the only thing we could think about for this episode, because we're running out of um, ideas at this point for this show, because they didn't do too much. And we decided on snakes. Jade's favorite thing. Yes. Snakes in magic. Uh, Good rap, bad rap, mostly bad rap, unfortunately. Uh, Mostly because of Christianity. I was just about to say, uh, yeah. Let Let me go into that first. So even if you're not very familiar with Christianity, you're probably going to know this one. Uh, the devil appeared as a snake to tempt Eve to take a bite of a forbidden apple from the tree of knowledge in the Garden of Eden, thus damning all humanity and making them leave the garden. Because then she tempted Adam to eat it too. It's a really fucked up tale in all honesty. Yeah, so... The whole That's tale a big is part of the whole tale is really just how it's like self awareness is bad. 
and you Blind should not have faith it. is good yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, so that's really starts out snakes are bad. Plus, I mean, honestly, there's a lot of types of snakes. A lot of them are venomous. So it probably was a very early humanities trying to survive tale to, or, you know, derivative of tales to just avoid snakes, period. It's much easier than trying to figure out which ones are venomous, things like that. This is the same, this is the same way, like how the idea of where the mythological like dragon came around is, was like some of the most dangerous things that like early people had as predators. Uh, They like combined them into one beast and that's how dragons were formed. That's why they're like snake-like because snakes are venomous and snakes were very dangerous to people. That's why they're like bat-like because bats were scary and kind of a problem. And like same with certain birds. That's why they breathe fire because the fire like going through your village was like one of the worst things that could happen. So they were like these horrors that were like kind of invented based on these, but snakes were a part of it. So I felt like I should throw that in. Dragons. Yes, thank you. Uh, yeah, they show up all the time in witch mythology, though, in a lot of reasons. Um, everybody always thought that toads, snakes, bats, etc., were very common as witch familiars, not even just cats. Um, they were more of like the, the cats would help the witch in their spell making etc but the snakes toads bats etc would be like the deliverance of the witch's evil things like that um this also kind of goes back to like the salem witch trials era where witches were believed to have like made a contract with the devil so it was like look a snake like slithered out of her garden that must be because the devil had just visited her damn old 80 year old woman we should kill her (laughs) Um, one thing though, that is seen in tons of cultures throughout history, um, you probably have heard of it. I don't entirely know if I'm going to say this correctly, but I'm pretty sure it's, uh, like your boroughs, um, spelled, this might make it easier for some of you. O-U-R-O-B-O-R-O-S. So. You're going to recognize this as a snake eating its own tail. Yep. I know for a fact that you have seen this at one point in your life because it's everywhere. It, it's literally, it's an ancient Egyptian. It's an ancient Greek. Uh, the Indian Vedics had tales of it. It's in North mythology. Uh, it got really big in alchemy. And they all pretty much have the same meaning ascribed to it which is, uh, so it's a snake eating its own tail, basically continually devouring and being reborn from itself, pretty much always comes down to, um, you know, unity of all things material and spiritual, eternity, the transgression between life and death, they pretty much all sum up to the same. Um, Particularly, I know in ancient Egyptian, I can't remember the pharaoh, he had um, a double Eurobos, which was two snakes 
getting each other's tails and we think that's where the symbol for infinity came from um the norse had the and i don't really know how to pronounce this so we'll see how this one goes to uh jormungandr i think is how it is that sounds very viking fingers crossed it's right <laughs> um loki's sibling no son i don't remember exactly giant snake or a snake was originally kind of small got banished because he was part of the prophecy of ragnarok so he got thrown in like the ocean but i believe at the time the norse thought the world was flat so he ended up like growing so big that he circled the whole world biting his tail that way but it's still the same imagery so that's really honestly the big ones that i am aware of for snakes and magic uh the ones i can think of that i kind of did a little also extra research on uh judaism some of the snake representation is obviously the same as christianity because some of the book is the same uh but there is this weird i don't i wouldn't say it weird there is this funny happenstance that the hebrew word for snake which i cannot pronounce because um i'm not good at speaking yiddish but i can recognize some of it is also basically the same word for divination so snakes and kind of like the divine or like spellcasting in Judaism has kind of has this weird handhold just in the language, which fascinating is very fascinating. Yeah, it's very weird. Very interesting. Also, there's a lot of snakes throughout like the Bible and specific more like Jewish stories of the Bible where obviously the snake is bad, but then there are other stories where like the snake is good. Like Moses's staff at the end of his trials, like turned into a snake when he threw it upon the ground, stuff like that, which was like a representation of something or other. There's a lot of like snake symbology and it doesn't always <laughs> mesh correctly because for anyone who has read the Bible, um, it is just kind of a mess. uh if you haven't listened to it feel free to take a look back at one of our mini episodes uh my thoughts on religion <laughs> is discussed in which i as a christian grown-up child growing up child whatever adult <laughs> no uh growing up with a strict christian family for a while before we all kind of relaxed and then I kind of did but didn't turn my back on it uh the bible is hella flawed because it was essentially quote-unquote written by the council of Nicaea which is a bunch of old white dudes cherry-picked what they wanted to go in which inherently is going to be flawed so real truths in the bible yes entirety of it no my thoughts also the best way for like a religion to spread across the world when you're trying to like get your religion into other places is to take other places religion and stick it in yours so if you like just conquered 
a small village and they're like oh we don't believe in christianity we like worship this one god who sometimes like shows up as a sheep you're like oh he's in our bible and then you like write a tale around it because then they're probably more likely to convert and not be problems as you're trying to tax them and such oh your yule is one of your biggest holidays oh that just happens to be when our saint was born so what a cool we'll celebrate it too what you want to do something for spring turns out we have this nifty holiday about how this guy came back like around the same time why don't we just do that yeah a lot of that bullshit um and so i think the snake symbolism in the bible kind of ended up the same way because in a lot of other religions and other cultures snakes were actually seen as um like good omens mostly for healing and uh omens of fertility because uh they look a little bit like a a certain thing (laughs) dangly bit (laughs) um so yeah, like in Greek mythology, snakes were always representative of healing and just like health in general. Hence, that's why you would notice today on like medical symbols for hospitals and stuff, at least in the United States, I can't talk for others. It's like the pole with snakes circling up. Caduceus. Yep. Thank you. I was like, there's a word that I'm totally blanking on. Uh, this is because it is associated off of some of the Greek and then later Roman beliefs that snakes were healing symbols and therefore good for you and should be a sign of where you go to get better. That's always very interesting. Uh, Snakes have also kind of been shown throughout ancient Egypt. Obviously you said um, there's a lot of back and forth on that one as well, where they were again seen as the infinity symbol or the rebirth symbol, especially because they shed their skin. So there was a whole that like rebirth moment that went in. There's also like mythology around how I, I, Iris, Isis, what's her name? Isis. Isis, thank you. Um, she like used a snake to basically defeat Ra and take power over the gods for a while there. And then obviously uh, Cleopatra killed herself using a snake dramatically. So the story goes. <laughs> don't know if it's true and it just even like kitschy like ancient egyptian stuff today it's always like the cobra head thing snakes are just highly represented there but it was always seen again as kind of a a double-headed thing where it was like snakes could be used as a weapon that could be very dangerous and a bad omen or an omen for fertility and rebirth of the coming year so who the fuck knows (laughs) Probably the ancient Egyptians did. I'm not Egyptian. I cannot say. But nowadays in Wiccanism, I would say specifically, snakes are not usually seen as bad omens. I usually see them representative for fertility or healing spells specifically because a lot of it is based off the more like pantheon uh, deities and spirits and such, which does lead you closer to the good omens of the snake and farther away from the demonic omens of the snake. I also know that snakes are usually associated with the elements of earth and water because they slither on the ground and sea serpents. 
OMG. How also, Oh, go on. <laughs> how how creative are people sometimes? Well, also fun convenience, those are the two elements most associated with healing and health spells. So Wow. OMG. It's all connected. It comes full circle. Like it's eating its own tail. <laughs> Uh, so this all just kind of leads us back to, I know the episode is so obvious, like, oh, of course, the demon taking the form of the snake, but probably not. (laughs) Cut a snake a break. Snakes are actually pretty cool. I mean, a lot of them can be like poisonous or very dangerous, specifically if you live in more like tropical regions. Venomous. Thank you, Miss Snake Lover just saying it bites you you die uh but also the poisonous god damn it you're making (laughs) me do it the venomous ones and non-venomous ones they serve a purpose they eat pests they're really good for us they could be so funny sometimes if you don't believe me look up clips of hognose snakes fuck a drama noodles they crack oh, me up. They're so cute. Also, where we grew up, um, we have a lot of rattlesnakes where we grew up. That was a big concern, uh, specifically once around my house. But instead, around my house now, we have a thriving population of king snakes because they eat rattlesnakes. <laughs> so, you know, snakes can be your greatest ally against other snakes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It all depends. Just don't. It's a cycle of life. Just chillax. Like, honestly, uh, again, I'm here in Texas. The coral snake is very, very venomous. And they are some of the shyest snakes I think I've ever heard of. Um, It's the type of snake where you just, you know, get the garden hose, just spray a little water on it. And it's like, oh, sorry, I'm a ditch. (laughs) Oh, am I the way? Yeah. 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 They want nothing to do with anybody unless they have to. So don't corner it and you're good. I I would say snakes and spiders probably get the worst representation in like media and everything. And spiders, one of our greatest allies. True. I so hate true. them, but oh, I love them. I try my best not to kill them. Even though one of them did just like bite my back a couple times. Like I have a couple spider bites on my back that are like scabbing over now, so I'm fine. But I had like a spider that I think was like living in my couch because I recently killed a spider in there. Um, because I think it was the one that was biting me. I was like, if you just lived your life somewhere and left me alone, like we could have been fine. But I think you were biting me. Probably trying to almost squish it and all. Yep. So it came into its house and almost <laughs> killed it. It had to go. But I oftentimes find spiders just like chilling in a corner or behind a coffee pot. And I'm like, you live your life. I live mine. Let's have a good day. And it works out. I would say the same usually goes for snakes. <laughs> live your life. I'll live mine. Yeah. Give them space. It's fine. We're probably good. All right. Well, I think that wraps it up for snakes, unless you have anything else. Nope. Okay. Well, moving on from that then. 
So Nikki, which is on the couch, drinking our drinks, watching our shows. What are you drinking this week? Uh, so I made something called like a gin daisy. Uh, I'm out of wine, which made me very sad. And the only alcohol I really have in my house right now is gin, which is not upsetting. It's like my favorite alcohol, but it's gin, like grenadine, some lemon juice and some club soda. It was delicious. It was secretly very strong. I have one maraschino cherry left and I am pretty buzzed. Woo. I really liked it. That was an enjoyable drink. I'd make it again. That was a really pretty uh, peachy orange color. Yeah, when you add some grenadine, some lemon juice, it's almost like it makes a very pretty color. Like it's a very vibrant drink. Um, Yeah, I really enjoyed it though. But now that I have some alcohol in me, it's like this episode was even more fun. I was like, oh my God, I had such a great time. Uh, (laughs) Anyway, Jade, what have you been drinking this week? I drank some water um, with an electrolyte packet thrown in. Because like I said at the beginning of this episode, I started new meds. I'm not actually supposed to be drinking even without my meds because I've been having issues with uh, depression, anxiety lately. So I started a new med that especially is like, please don't drink. It's not a great combination. So I didn't. That's good on you. That's a good call. I did have a kombucha earlier and I was contemplating not making a cocktail, but I've been very stressed at work and I was like, I need a cocktail. I understand. Plus, actually, I had a beer earlier and I was like, I don't need to like double drink. So, yeah, like I've said, you know, I've had some dark times lately and uh, I did not get so deep dark down for the hotlines. But y'all, if you are, it's okay. It's so hard to talk about it, but it helps so much. Um, If you're so deep dark down that you are contemplating suicide, do not do it. Don't you dare. Uh, it's really not the answer. No matter how deep dark down you are. You can call the suicide hotline at 1-800-273-8255. You can also text help to a crisis counseling center uh, 24-7. Their number is 741-741. You can also go into an ER, tell them you're having suicidal ideations. They can get you checked in and talking with someone fairly quickly. There's options. Like I said, yeah, like I almost broke down crying at my doctors, going over it all. And then I had a quick therapy session and now I've got a whole home regimen and it's been helping. So there are solutions. Don't let the demons win theme of this episode thank you everyone for joining us on this episode it's been fun i like to think it was fun at least if you want more of us uh you can follow us on instagram where we're also just witches on the couch we post every now and then just like fun little witchy pics or drinks or just like little things that we've been up to and you can contact us at contact us there or suggest shows that you would like us to watch um slash d for this show because obviously secret circle is only one season so it will end and then we're gonna need another show 
Uh, we are planning on probably doing the second season of Witches of East End just to wrap that up because that's only a two season show. But we've been playing off Secret Circle for so long, we bounced to that instead at first. And if you are listening to this podcast, make sure to like, comment, review, do whatever you have to do to help other wandering witches find this podcast. Thank you for listening on this morning, afternoon, evening, night, day, whenever you tend to listen to your podcasts. We hope you guys all had a great time and we will see you all next time. Bye, you guys. Bye.